there and welcome to Thrive Church Podcast here in Puyallup, Washington. We're so glad you found us and hope you enjoy listening to this sermon of the week. Have the awesome privilege of having Fran Graham uh, here. We've had Robert already joining us on the worship team. Last, he's been here a couple times already uh, this month, and I'm hoping we're getting to continue that because we sure love that. He's he's awesome. But uh, Fran is going to be ministering today. And if you guys don't know, uh, Robert and Fran are Rob's parents. So yeah, it's fun to have the rest of the family kind of join in. So um, I know that Fran really carries an amazing anointing to minister into the area of trauma. I don't, I'm not an expert here, so I probably should stop talking right now and let her fill you in on what's going to be the topic this morning. But I know that uh, all of us experience at different levels and at different times a measure of trauma and how we process that, how we, how we live through through that time is really important and she's going to tell you what is what you need to do so I think <laughs> I know I'm not but uh, um, anyway um, would you guys welcome Fran as she comes to minister the word this morning Good morning. Thank you very much, everybody. It's such a privilege to be invited to be here. Actually, I wasn't invited. I asked. I must be honest. I felt that the Lord gave me a word for um, a couple of... Hold on one second. This is good. This is perfect. Thank you. I felt that the Lord gave me a word for a couple of churches in the area, and I had been asked to speak to a church in Tacoma um, over a month ago whose 41-year-old senior pastor tragically died of a heart attack while on the family vacation. And one of the things I do is I go in to work with churches that are experiencing a trauma or severe grief of that nature. Um, and I was asked to go and speak to them and the Lord gave me a really good word to help the congregation deal with their grief. And two or three people in that congregation came up to me and said, we've never heard anyone in church talk about grief and trauma in a practical way. And um, would you come and speak to our churches? And so I thought, oh, Maybe this is a season for some of these churches to hear this word. So I actually texted John and I said, I feel like I've got a word I want to share with your congregation. May I come and speak? And he graciously said yes. So um, just a quick background. I'm an ordained pastor with the Four Square Church. And as, as that um, role, I respond to people in trauma but it's either individuals that are in trauma or it's large-scale disasters and so I am a disaster responder primarily I will go into any disaster that I'm asked to respond to and I will take a team in and our job is to provide emotional and spiritual care to the people that have been impacted by that disaster so to start this um, this morning's sermon more like preaching more like practical tips I just want to explain in practical ways how trauma affects us. But I'm going to start by talking about disasters because you can get a visual effect, you can get a visual idea. So a disaster is, is the name given. The, the dictionary term for a, a disaster is an event that impacts a community so severely that the community's own emergency services and the community's own emergency management cannot cope with that disaster. They cannot cope with m meeting the needs just within themselves. So if you imagine the, um, the oh so mudslides, 
that impacted such a huge community that just the Oso Fire Department could not manage it on their own. So they had to get people from across the country to come and help. That is what makes it a disaster. Now, if you imagine that visual impact of the Oso um, houses just being wiped out, now relate that to yourselves when you experience a critical event or a traumatic event, and that could be anything. It could be anything from losing your beloved pet, to losing a loved one, to losing a job, to losing a child, to losing a house to a fire. It, it could be anything. There's no specific way for anyone. In fact, no one has any right to come and tell you, well, that shouldn't be too difficult for you, or why aren't you reacting more severely to this? It's, it's how we respond to each event that makes it traumatic to us or not. That's what's important. No one has any right to come to you and say, well, you should stop grieving now. Or you should be over this by now. Or, well, why haven't you started grieving yet? We're all very uniquely made and we have a very different way of responding to these things. But what I want to explain is that whereas the Oso oh mudslide was an, a disaster because outside agencies had to come in and help the community to walk towards healing, well, a critical event or a traumatic event is um, determined by how we respond to it. Now, if something is so large or so impacting to us that we cannot manage the, ma manage the emotional response of that with our normal coping mechanisms that we would use every day, that makes it traumatic. Does that make sense? We, we have stresses every day. We're stressed because we're late to work. We're stressed because the kids aren't doing as they're told. And you can even have youth stress, which is good stress. The stress of buying a house or going on a family holiday, all the stress that comes up, it's a positive stress, but your body and your emotions still react the same, whether it's good or bad stress, okay? But what makes it traumatic stress is when you are so overwhelmed that you are not able to cope with it with your normal coping mechanisms, meaning that you need outside help. Now, whether that means you have somebody you have to talk to, whether that means you have to come to Pastor John and Angie and say, help, I'm falling apart, I need extra support, extra help, or whether it means you go to a therapist, that is what's made it traumatic, the fact that you cannot manage it on your own. Does that help to clarify that? Because sometimes we, sometimes we don't understand our reactions to something and we get really hard on ourselves. We really get hard on ourselves. And then we pull up our big girl panties or if you guys pull up your bootstraps, you shouldn't be wearing panties. So, so don't do that all the time though, because actually that's not good, that's not good for you. And what I, love about, what I love about this morning is the fact that the songs we sang was so in tune with what the Lord's been giving me, I actually took a photograph. I'm totally not even on my notes yet, but that's okay. So I took a photograph of this because it was just so what, my, what the Lord gave me to speak to you all about today. The verse that, sang, that says, through every loss or victory, my soul will rise to only bring you glory. Well, the whole point of my talking today is going to be how traumas affect our souls. So when you are, um, when you are traumatized or you have psychological trauma, I want to break that word down. The word psyche means the, your breath, your soul, your spirit, the inner part of you. The word trauma is from the Greek, Greek word meaning to wound. So psychological trauma mean, means a wounded self, a wounded soul, a wounded spirit. 
Now, the difference between a wounded spirit and a wound on your body is what? You can't see it. Now, when you are wounded in your body, you know what medical attention you need. You can see how big the wound is. You know if you just need to just wash it and go and, go and let it air dry or whether you need stitches. You can see that. But when your soul is wounded, you have no way of understanding how deeply you've been wounded. You can't see it. And most of us try to be so tough that we pull ourselves up and we keep moving forward. But that actually make, makes that wound stay open and get infected and, and it just does not heal. And then then you recognize what starts to happen is you have little behavioral patterns that start tripping you up and you realize you're behaving in ways that aren't normal for you and actually they're not really even healthy but you can't put it to you can't connect it with what's happened you just are aware a few weeks later that you've just got this habit of behavior or this response to something and you think why am I behaving like that that isn't me but unless you, unless you understand that the more wounds you have in your soul, the more your soul is wounded, the more incorrect and unhealthy patterns of behavior you're going to pick up. And what happens with that is that many of those behaviors actually end up becoming sin. Because they're not honoring to the Lord, they're not honoring to one another, they're not even honoring to yourself. And what happens when you sin? You wound your soul. So it's a hamster wheel. It's a constant hamster wheel. And unless you can get off that hamster wheel, you will not get healed. And, and I really felt this morning that, um, that the Lord wanted people here to understand that this happens to all of us. It happens to all of us. It's not unusual. It's just that unless somebody can come along and hold our hands and say, you know what, this isn't healthy for you and let me show you the way out of this, then we'll, we're stuck there and I don't want people to be stuck on that hamster wheel. So as I was praying and getting ready for speaking today, two, two mornings I woke up with um, the song in my spirit and it was, um, your name is a, a high tower, basically. And... Um, that day I was asking the Lord what that was for. I wasn't sure if it was for you or not. And he, he led me to the scriptures, the Proverbs. And as I was going through the proverb that he sent, lent me, um, led me, sent me, whatever, took me to, as I was reading through this proverb, I thought, wow, every single one of these points in this proverb linked to a wounded soul. Now, I read from the Amplified Bible, so um, you can go to Proverbs 18 if you want to. Um, but I'm only going to pick up on two or three of these verses in here because actually the whole, the whole chapter talks about attitudes and behaviors that I believe the Lord is showing me as a result of a wounded soul. So I'm going to start in verse 1. He, he who willfully separates and estranges himself from God and man seeks his own desire and pretext to break out against all wise and sound judgment. Now what do we do when we're wounded? withdraw that's the first thing we do is withdraw from God and from one another and it's not that we're necessarily angry with somebody or angry at God sometimes we're so wounded we just shut down and that's okay that's okay for the for the first few days or maybe the first few weeks there's nothing wrong with that that's a normal self-protection section mechanism it's when it goes beyond normal or beyond what's normal for you six months down the line you're still not connecting with people then there's something wrong also what this verse here is saying is the person seeks their own desire. 
Now, our desires aren't the Lord's desires for us, and we don't understand what the Lord wants for us. So if you're feeling that way, then it's time we go to the Lord and say, okay, what am I dealing with here? What's causing me to still withdraw? Because it's obviously a wound. And the enemy wants you to be separated, right? He doesn't want you to be in relationship. He doesn't want you to be in relationship with your friends or your family or with the Lord. He'll keep you separated and he'll just keep digging and digging at that. But that first verse is just another example. Verse 2 says, A self-confident fool has no delight in understanding, but only in revealing his personal opinions of and himself. So can you see again how that... And Lincoln, I mean, when you read it for the, its face value, it sounds like pride and just somebody who's arrogant. But can you see how that can be linked to somebody who's wounded? And often pride and arrogance are cover-ups for a wounded soul. So moving on, there's just a couple more. But the one that really got me, um, in verse 10, it says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower, the consistently righteous man, upright and in right standing with God, runs to it and is safe, high above evil and strong. Below that, in verse 14, it says, the strong spirit of a man sustains him in bodily pain or trouble, but a weak and broken spirit, who can raise up or bear? So the whole, the whole chapter is about broken spirits, okay? Now, the one that the Lord really had me wait on, you can go ahead and hand those out now if you like, that's very kind of you, thank you. The one the Lord really wanted me to speak to you about this morning was verse nine. This really shocked me from the Amplified Bible. I've not read it before, but I really felt that this was where he wanted me to speak from today. In my translation, it says, he who is loose and slack in his work is a brother to him who is a destroyer. And he who does not use his endeavors to heal himself is brother to him who commits suicide. Now, that just puts goosebumps all over me. And, and I'm, not, I'm not saying that um, it's purely to do with soul wounds. This is talking about healing yourself in your body. Well, what do we do to destroy our body these days? We don't eat right. We don't sleep right. We might abuse it in other ways. We don't diet and exercise. So basically, when you're not looking after your body, when they say committing suicide, they're talking about you allowing your body to die. Somebody who's not going to protect their body is basically allowing it to die. It's not that you're going to jump off a cliff. I'm not saying that. I'm saying you're choosing to allow your body to die. Well, in the Greek translation of this, in the Septuagint um, translation, that's where it comes, that's where the suicide comments come in, because I was translating it both in the Greek and the Hebrew. So imagine that somebody you know or yourself is struggling with wounds in your soul that you're not healing can you see how people that don't have the help they need mentally and emotionally end up committing suicide generally people end up committing suicide because of a mental or emotional or psychological or spiritual need not so many people commit suicide by a physical need is that a fair comment now, I'm not saying everyone in here is heading to suicide. Hear my heart. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that the word says that unless we heal our souls, we are as bad as a brother who is going to allow himself to be ruined and commit suicide. So I know that's a really strong word to hear, and it's not, a strong, it's not an easy word to give, but the good news is that we have a Lord and Savior that dealt with all of this, right? So... 
let's go on to how we can heal from this. There is always hope, praise the Lord. James 1 to, James chapter 1 from um, verse 2, consider it wholly joyful, my brethren, whenever you are enveloped or encounter trials of any sort or fall into various temptations, be assured and understand that the trial and proving of your faith brings out endurance and steadfastness and patience. That word endurance means to stand firm. It means to be strong and firm, so no matter what's thrown at you, you can stand firm. So that you will be, uh, let endurance and steadfast and patience have full play and do a thorough work so that you may be a people perfectly and fully developed with no defects, lacking nothing. That's really healing. Can you imagine your soul lacking nothing and being perfect with no defects? I mean, that, that really is wonderful. But if any of you is deficient in wisdom, let him ask of the living God who gives to everyone liberally and ungrudgingly and without reproach or fault finding. It will be given to him. So if you don't understand what's wounding your soul, what do you need? Wisdom. How many times do we allow ourselves to behave in a particular way? And we, we, know, it's, we know it's not good. We know these, especially if you've come from a, um, a very painful, difficult childhood, you have learned behaviors that just become such a normal part of you as an adult, you don't recognize that they're not right. It's, it's, you just think, well, this is just who I am. This is just how I behave. This is just how I react. But that doesn't mean it right. It doesn't make it healthy. And it doesn't mean it's honoring the Lord. So how many times when we recognize those behaviors does the Holy Spirit say, ah, oh, that's what I'm talking about. That attitude right there or that response right there or that behavior right there is not of me. And you need to heal that. But unless you pay attention to that little niggle, that little tap on your shoulder and you stop and you say, okay, Lord, what is the root cause of that? What causes that reaction in me? Unless you, unless you discipline yourself to listen and you take time to do that, He's never going to tell you because you're not listening to him. But he wants to because why? He wants you to be healed. He wants you to be healthy. He wants you to be whole. And if you can learn to do that, imagine how many times you can help other people that you recognize those symptoms in. Most of, most of the reason why I have such a passion to help people in trauma is because from a very young age in my life, I've had trauma upon trauma upon trauma upon trauma of different kinds. And now I, and the Lord's healed me. I'm not perfect, obviously, but I'm growing and I'm learning, but I recognize reactions in other people and I can say, okay, there's a trauma wound, there's a trauma wound, and there's a trauma wound. And then when the Lord gives you a word of knowledge or a prophetic word, you can speak right to that person and they say, how did you know that? Well, because I've walked there and I've learned and I recognize it and the Lord's just confirmed it. But nowadays you don't hear about this in, a, in the church. You do if you go into private ministry, but you don't often hear it preached from the pulpit. So one of the biggest ways that I want to encourage you all, and I know, I know that you all believe in this because you would in this church, and that's deep inner healing and inner, um, inner healing and deliverance. And so the prayer is great. Whenever I'm counseling somebody in trauma, that's the first place I start them because I'd rather start them there than send them just to a therapist. And the therapists are great. They're great. If you, if you find that you aren't 
getting over the things that are traumatizing you just with the support of loved ones and family, and you're struggling with certain symptoms for 30 days. Generally, in my work, if somebody's struggling with particular symptoms for 30 days, they go to a therapist. Because often, if you're struggling with severe symptoms for more than 30 days, it is possible you might have PTSD as a result of a trauma. Okay, so, yeah, I'll leave that there. I've only got five minutes left. Okay. I'm going to read this. This is really, really um, encouraging to me. I found this doing some research the other day. In 1 Corinthians 14, 4, and I'm just going to paraphrase here, the Bible says, He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. Okay, so listen to this. There was a study done in Tulsa, Oklahoma in about 2015, by a Dr. Peterson. Being a brain specialist, Dr. Peterson was doing research on what the relationship was between the brain and praying in tongues or speaking in tongues. Some amazing things were discovered. Through the research and testing, he found out that as we pray in the spirit or as we worship in the spirit, there is an activity that begins to take place in our brain. As we engage in our heavenly language, the brain releases two chemical secretions into our immune systems, which gives us a 30 to 40% boost to our immune systems. The production of brain hormones called endorphins and encephalins are chemicals that the body produces, which are 100 to 200 times more powerful than morphine. So these two things happen concurrently with you praying in the spirit or worshiping in the spirit. This promotes healing within our bodies and our souls. Amazingly, this, is, this secretion is triggered from a part of the brain that has no other apparent activity within humans. In other words, it only happens when you are praying in tongues. Isn't that amazing? So when you're having soul wounds and struggling with souls, just start praying. <laughs> in the spirit, of course. Um, this significant release of brain hormones is further enhanced through joyful laughter with increased physical activity, which we know everyone needs to exercise more, right? It um, increases respirations and oxygen intake to the brain. I just think that is amazing. We are so wonderfully made that... And I just found this out, so I'm going to do more research on that. But I wanted to share that with you today because I just think that's just powerful. Powerful, powerful. Okay, I've got two more things to read through really quickly. In Luke 4.18, the word says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to announce and release to the captives and the recovery of sight to the blind. To send forth as delivered those who are oppressed, downtrodden, bruised, crushed, or broken down by calamity. That again is the amplified ver version of the Bible. Now, captives, if you, read, if you go on the Strong's Concordance or you go on, on I use a website called Blue Letter Bible to get my uh, Greek and Hebrew translations. But captives in this particular verse means prisoners of war. So if you imagine when we go through everyday life, we are in a spiritual battle all the time. So not only can we be taken captive by things we don't see, but we can also be taken captive by our wounds, right? So this right here says Jesus has come 
to, to announce release to the captives. So he's come to heal us in those areas. He also wants to give sight to the blind. The translation in this scripture means mentally blind or mentally unable to see or think. Isn't that cool? I mean, yes, it obviously covers physically as well, but it means mentally. When you're in trauma, what happens to your mind? It shuts down. When you're stressed, you can't think straight, and that can go on for several months. If you're on certain medications, you can't think straight. Um, chemotherapy, if you're on chemotherapy, there's this condition called chemo brain. It just completely dumbs your brain down. Well, this scripture's covering all that. And, and there's more here, but I, I need to bring it to a close. But there are more scriptures that, where Jesus is saying, I've already taken care of this. You know, when he, when he went to the cross and he was bruised for us and, and it says he, he, he knows our griefs. Well, that word griefs means calamity. Calamity is trauma brought through loss. It's not just healing. We, we know it's not just physical healing, but he understands that our souls need healing. And it was wonderful how when you were singing that song this morning about, I can't remember the words, the paraphrasing now, but what is it, the soul? Thank you, that one. Yeah. So I know I was quick and I apologize about that, but I knew that the Lord would get through what he wanted to get through to you guys. Um, I just want to pray a covering prayer for everybody and it's already 11.30 so I'm going to just pray a covering prayer but if anyone wants any further ministry, if this is triggering on anything, then I'm happy to speak to people afterwards and John and Angie and any other leaders here are happy to pray so we can just hang out for a while. But if you'd all just like to stand, I just want to pray a closing prayer over all of you. Lord, I just praise you and I thank you that you know each and every one of us so intimately. Lord, before we were even born, you had your eye on us, each and every one of us. Every single trauma, every single season of grief that we have experienced, you have been right there with us and you can see where it has wounded our souls. And Lord, you are such a great God that all you need to do is just say the word and we can be healed. So I just pray over every person here today. I ask you, Holy Spirit, to go deep, deep, deep down into everyone's mind, spirit, and soul right now. And just let your healing power just wash us all clean, Lord God. You let your healing ointment, your healing balm just wash over every single one of us today, Lord God. I praise you. We praise you and thank you that you already provided the way out before we even knew we needed it. You already provided the healing before we even were born, Lord. We praise you and we thank you and we stand on your word in faith. And I do ask, Lord, that for those of us that need to really deal with the root causes of some of our um, learned patterns of behavior, that you would gently and lovingly lead us in that season of healing over the next few days and weeks to come, Lord. We praise you and we thank you that we can trust you with these deep, deep areas of our hearts that we have locked away for so many years. And we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. I just want to stay right here for just a minute because I, I just was wanting to really kind of do some like Sozo style ministry. So uh, 
I want to. I want you to just each um, just ask the Holy Spirit uh, in your own life this question: Like, Lord, is is there something that I've experienced, some trauma that I've experienced in my life that I didn't let heal properly? Just ask the Holy Spirit that question. Something you went through, something that happened in your life, your family, your work, whatever that could be. Just ask the Holy Spirit to highlight maybe some area that that needs a little attention right now. Thank you, Lord. Father. Now just in that spot, if you've got something highlighted, something that the Holy Spirit put a spotlight on for you, then I want you to, if you're willing to do this, just just say, just invite the Holy Spirit into that that situation. Say, Holy Spirit, I just invite you into that area of my heart that needs some healing. Just say that with your with your mouth, in your heart. Invite the Holy Spirit in. We just give you access, Holy Spirit, to come into that place. Thank you, Lord. I'm gonna have you ask another question. Ask the Holy Spirit this question. Say, Holy Spirit, is there something I need to do or act on in order to step into freedom in this area. Just ask him that question and then listen for what he says. He's good, he's gonna speak, so just listen in. We thank you, Lord. Yeah, thank you, Father. Yeah. I'm just going to pray one more time and then uh, I want to encourage you to to do what the Holy Spirit said (laughs) it's not just an exercise for here it's like take it and actually put it into action right Lord I thank you that you care about the deepest parts of our hearts the things that maybe we don't even know how to share about with other people, the hurts and the wounds that, that we uh, accumulate in a lifetime. God, and you know uh, you know exactly what we need. And so we trust you with those things. Holy Spirit, we, we trust you with our heart. And we ask you, Lord, to lead us in the right steps to bring complete healing your people are supposed to be the healthiest people on the planet. Your people are supposed to be whole so that we can lead the world in wholeness. So I'd get us there. Yeah, get us to that place of being completely healed, healthy in our heart, our mind, our spirit. In Jesus' name.